Hello, friends and family. You guys are tuning in to Every Day's a Saturday. I'm your host, Brian Roof. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is a major milestone, guys. We're on episode 10. I can't believe it. For me, I'm ecstatic. Um, I 10 shows in a month. Not bad. Um, and also, I'm almost at 50 listeners. I, uh, that's another milestone for me. I'm at 46. So, and all kinds of milestones on the first month. I'm super excited. If you guys haven't had the chance, uh, when you have the time, please go check out episodes one through nine. They're full of lots of stories and experiences that you're not going to want to miss. And you'll understand how we got to the point where we're at. Also, if you haven't had the chance to rate the, uh, the show or the episodes, and if you like what you're listening to, please give me a like and a share. And uh, it will totally help me out, you know. Uh, that's how we're going to grow the show and grow the community. I really would appreciate it. But before we get into uh, today's episode, let's go ahead and do our buddy check and check on everyone out there. Hey, I hope you guys are having a great 2023 so far. I can tell your mind didn't exactly start off as I wanted to. I know I've said that, but everything has finally started making a full circle. Patience has uh, proven to be exactly what the situation needed. I'm glad we didn't overreact, and now my family and I are going to be blessed. And um, like I said, sometimes some situations need a little patience, and things will work themselves out. But hey, if you do feel like you're in a situation, and you don't feel like you have anyone to go to, or you feel like everything's going against you, and you know it's basically you against the world, reach out to someone you know and try to talk it out. If you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to you. Just know there's a crisis lifeline you can call. It's 24-7. It's completely discreet, completely free to call. The number is 988. You press 1, and then it puts you in touch with someone trained to help you. If you don't feel comfortable talking to someone, you can always text them at 838-255. Again, that's 838-255. And that's our buddy check for today. If you guys know someone who needs help, please go out there and get them help. If you need help, please reach out and get some help. That's our buddy check for today. Episode 10, a boot after boot camp. Okay, guys, so for you guys tuning in for the first time, uh, in the last episodes, eight and nine, I kind of covered my boot camp experiences. Uh, the last episode, I gave some uh, stories that I had forgot to tell, and the first one that I thought were really important. So if you hadn't had the chance to go and listen to those, Go check those out so you guys can uh, understand where I'm at now. And this is basically, um, this episode is going to concentrate on uh, how my life was kind of after boot camp up into the point where um, I left off to go to my schooling for uh, the job that I would uh, choose in the Marine Corps. All right, so let's get going. So now I'm freshly graduated, feeling so motivated, kind of have a, the start of a little bit of a high end tight going. For you guys that don't know what that is, it's kind of a very high fade, um, you know, and leave a little bit of uh, some hair on top. Kind of a goofy looking haircut. But uh, super motivated parents had gotten a hotel outside of uh, um, San Diego because uh, they had a whole weekend set up for us going to like the zoo and stuff like that. Um, I remember 
them taking me out to eat right after graduation. So I'm still basically in my dress, blue deltas, I believe it was. Um, that's where I'm wearing my uh, blue dress pants, uh, khaki short sleeve shirt, and uh, the white cover. And uh, we went to go eat. Um, and this is my first time eating anywhere uh, outside of a chow hall. And so uh, I remember my first meal. I'm basically sitting how I sat in boot camp. That's with the heels together and, you know, uh, left hand on the knee and the other hand with the fork and just, you know, I'm shoveling my food in my face, um, <laughs> acting like I'm back in boot camp. I know my parents and everybody's looking at me like, dang, dude, you know, and I'm not even talking to them and they're trying to talk to me. And, you know, it's kind of when you're wired like that for the 12 weeks and, and, you know, you're, you're disciplined and all that stuff. It really is hard when you first get out. I know maybe some of you guys can uh, relate out there. Uh, it's kind of hard when you first get out, you know, you kind of trying to adjust and, um, you're used to someone yelling at your ass if you ain't doing something right. And, you know, so little PTSD ish, <laughs> um, when you first get out of boot camp and, uh, parents and everybody's looking at you like you're crazy so after we're done eating or whatever i i do remember us going back to the hotel room um uh the next morning when i had woken up uh here i am the the fucking highly motivated boot right out of boot camp uh, i get myself dressed up in my pt gear and that consists of some small green shorts um with a green t-shirt tucked in and some uh we called them go fasters, but they're uh, actually running shoes. But in the Marine Corps, we called them go fasters. So had those all on, and they're like camouflaged uh, running shoes. So go running through, and you know I'm feeling like a badass. You know, like thinking everybody's probably fucking checking me out. <laughs> oh man, probably not though. It's just me thinking that way. I mean, you know. The Marine Corps, they have a great way of building your ass up. And when you got out of boot camp, when I first got, at least when I first got out of boot camp, I certainly felt like a, like a hell of a fight badass. So, and when I'm running, I, I mean, I remember those times when I was running, I felt so light on my feet. I mean, I'm in the best tip top shape of my life. So, you know, of course, uh, I want to go out and go running, you know, nowadays, fuck, I don't want to run. I don't, I don't want to run at all. They about ruined running for me, and that's probably why I'm getting nice and fat. <laughs> so after I do my little moto run, it's time for us to head out to uh, SeaWorld. And uh, so I get to go out to uh, an amusement park for the first time uh, after boot camp. And uh, I remember, you know, feeling like a bona fide badass, got my... Uh, jeans on my shirts tucked in <laughs> wearing my dog tags underneath my shirt you know um and of course my clothes that my parents brought were laying pretty much at this point kind of baggy because i had lost a great amount of weight uh during boot camp and so and i i never would tuck my shirt in but you know here i am a boot i started tucking my shirt in my jeans and stuff like that and <laughs> thinking i was cool and um but anyway so uh that was kind of fun getting to do all that stuff with my family um you know right off rip it wasn't like a rush to go home i was excited though to to get to go home and finally go see my friends um so when i go home um after you know we we spend our weekend there in san diego 
get back home. I would uh, get in touch with some of my buddies. And, of course, they want me to go hang out. And, you know, I go out with them guys. And, of course, it's kind of the same old, same old. They're all drinking, smoking weed and, you know, playing dominoes and play cards and listen to music. And, you know, it's a good old time. It just, you know, for me, it's kind of not the same anymore. I can't really uh, do all that stuff. And, of course, you know, they got a lot of questions for me about how boot camp was and, you know, Obviously, I look completely different to them now, um, and I'm, you know, my my mentality is different than when they knew me before. Because, well, I mean, for the most part, I kind of stopped partying before I had left, but you know, I still um, kind of had my, you know, my young ways to me or whatever. And after boot camp, my mindset was completely different, and uh, my my focus was completely different, and. I wasn't really concerned about partying and stuff like that because I also didn't want to get in any kind of trouble with the Marine Corps. And, you know, I knew um, we do drug tests and, you know, pee tests all the time. I just really did not want to. I didn't go in the Marine Corps to get my ass kicked out. You know what I mean? Um, what the hell is the point of that? Um, and when um, so now after boot camp, when you get sent home, you get about uh, 10 days uh, of leave. And then. Um, after the 10 days, you're supposed to be shipped off to your, um, whatever, whether you go to like for, uh, you know, for support Marines, um, they go to what's called Marine combat training. And then if you're, um, going grunt, which is basically an O3 position and you're a bullet sponge. So they call it, um, you go to what's called school of infantry SOI. Um, but because, uh, my, my, um, recruiter, uh, was cool with me. He got me set up on a pretty cool, uh, cool deal where I got to do, uh, an extra 14 days of recruiters assistance. And what that is, is you basically walk around with your recruiter in your, um, dress blue, uh, alpha, uh, deltas, I'm sorry, which is basically the same thing that I graduated, uh, boot camp in the, the blue, uh, trousers the khaki top and then uh, the white cover and some coriframs and uh, walk around with the the recruiter to the local high schools and all the you know the malls and stuff like that and just talk to potential uh people that want to you know join the marine corps uh it was pretty cool um and i you know got to stay home so basically it was kind of like a monday through friday job where um, I would report in at the morning and I would, you know, stay there for like probably eight hours. Um, and, it, and when I wasn't out walking around, they would have me doing stuff around their office, you know, filing paperwork or answering the phones for them. Just stuff that they, uh, the recruiters didn't want to do. Um, but during that time too, um, when I was off, I definitely wanted to make sure that I stayed in shape. So, um, I stayed kind of away from hanging out with the friends and getting myself back into the partying and, and that scene. I kind of focused on making sure that I stayed aligned with, you know, where they got me. And, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, I've lost a ton of weight. You know, I didn't want to fall back and go report and, you know, weighing extra and not being able to uh, keep up with in the PT world. So I was very important for me to make sure during these two weeks that I stayed in shape. Um, it was probably one of my favorite times is when we obviously got to go to my high school. 
I got to go see all my old friends that were, I just had graduated there the year before. So, um, I got to go see some of the, you know, friends that I played football with and wrestled with and, uh, some of my old teachers that I really liked, uh, they got to see me in my uniform and, you know, so it was kind of cool. And of course, like I said, man, felt like a badass all the time wearing my uniform and, you know, here I am a Marine and, uh, it's just a lot of fun. And my teachers and, of course, all the classmates were absolutely shocked when they saw me because I, I was this when I decided to join the Marine Corps, it was really on the fly. Um, and never once had I talked about it. I think most people had envisioned me going off to college and probably playing football somewhere because football was pretty much my number one. Um, but, you know, I chose a different path in the end. But like I said, recruiting duty was a lot of fun. It was a great opportunity for me to get an additional two weeks off from the 10 days that I had. So I think I was home a total of 24 days before my mom actually had to ship me back off down to MCT. Okay, so now I'm done. It's back off to training. My mom, she takes me off to uh, Marine Combat Training, which is also known as MCT. And uh, she drops me off. I'm wearing uh, a green uniform. Um, it's our dress alphas and uh with my sea bags and um like i said it's you know i didn't really know exactly what i'm getting into but i'm getting dropped off and here's a whole bunch of other uh recruits that look like me and everybody we're all just getting ourselves in line and like what the hell are we getting ready to do so for uh, anybody that doesn't know what uh, marine combat training is uh, when you join the marine corps there's two different ways you can go. Obviously, you become a grunt, which is uh, 03 Professions. Um, they're the guys that are the frontline guys, also known as the bullet sponges. Um, you know, they're some badasses. I mean, you got to definitely have a different uh, mental state to do all that. But those guys, they go through what's called SOI, School of Infantry, and all non combative uh, Marines go through. MCT, uh, Marine Combat Training. And what Marine Combat Training is, it's um, for when I was going through in the year 2000, I think they've increased the amount of days that you go. But I think when I was going, it was around 17 to 20 days. And basically what we did there, we did firing movements, patrols, set up containments. Uh, we dug fighting holes, simulated ambush attacks. Got a good funny story about that. Land navigation, we did day and night. Um, we suck at land navigation. <laughs> um, combat formations, shoot different. We got to shoot uh, different weaponry like the M249. Some of you guys know what that is. It's a saw. If you play Call of Duty, probably familiar. M203 grenade launcher, the M240. Um, some rocket launchers, and we got to throw a lot of grenades. So, um, it was, you know, a lot of training, kind of similar to boot camp. Um, you know, we march where we go. Uh, we have to kind of sound off, but this time we're Marines. Um, uh, the instructors are still kind of like drill instructors and, you know, get in your ass. And, you know, the, the only thing I would say is there's not a lot of the, you know, the go to the quarter deck and get punished type of stuff like there was in boot camp. All right, a couple good stories uh, from MCT, Marine Combat Training. Um, being the big guy, yeah, I was uh, the big guy in fucking, in the, 
you know, in the group, one of the bigger guys at least. Um, so I always got chose to be the guy who carried someone who was injured or, or they act like, you know, they'll be like, Oh, he's fucking dead roof. You got to go carry him. You know? And I'm like, gosh, damn bro. So, you know, you, you struggle through some of these courses on your own, but let alone, you got to carry the guy through the course and under the fucking wires through the mud and all that shit. So, um, I got always got uh voluntold for that kind of shit and um it didn't really pay being the big guy <laughs> man that's probably why today my body's so fucked up and all my back's all jacked up is because like i said it would never fail on any exercise someone would fucking die right next to me and fucking roof get him you know okay here i go <laughs> let's fucking uh fucking grunt myself all the way through it but uh, anyways, that kind of leads into my next story, which is being the big guy, they stuck me with carrying the M249 saw. And um, you had to carry an extra barrel with you with when you carried the saw. So, you know, and you also had a fucking big ass, you know, thing of drum of uh, rounds in it. So it was a uh, no light load. And typically you kind of had a um, an A gunner who would help you with, carrying the ammo and sometimes the extra barrels or whatever you need it with your saw. Um, so I carried, uh, my extra barrel kind of on me and, um, we had just got done shooting off, um, the saw and they were getting us ready for a patrol to put us on a patrol. So now we're going on this whole patrol through this little valley and here we are, we get ambushed and, you know, someone yells out contact, right. And so when you hear contact, right, there's usually there's, you know, you're getting attacked from the right hand side. So you're going to adjust, make your, your movements based on that, you know, call out. So, uh, one of your first initial things when you, you know, when typically when you, um, have contact, you kind of hit the deck. Well, I hit the deck, and as I hit the deck, my forehead hits the fucking barrel of the M249. And I, like I said, we just got done firing these things off. And if you're familiar with that weapon, you know, you need that extra barrel because the that barrel gets so hot and it sometimes can melt. So you got to change it out. Well, the thing was super hot. My freaking, when I hit the deck, my forehead lands on it, and I get fucking as i'm pulling away i feel like my skin pull off of it i mean my my forehead basically melts to the damn saw and here i am you know with this nice big burn mark in between my eyes looking like a fool but my gosh um wasn't expecting us to get ambushed right after we had shot our uh weapons i probably would have you know changed out my barrel um right away but i the way that I had landed, I don't think I did it right anyways. Um, my forehead should definitely not have hit my barrel. But like I said, it was like, it was such a, an abrupt thing. I mean, they did it exactly right. We got fucking ambushed. <laughs> I remember we spent a lot of our time basically, you know, out in the wilderness uh, during MCT. Um, you know, we slept in, uh, half shelters. They're like little half-ass tents on some fucking little mats. Um, 
but, uh, you know, I think we didn't do a lot of sleeping in the squad bays. And if we did, you know, we, we just probably go there for the end of the night and just basically sleep there. Cause all MCD was, is just training, training, training. Um, not a lot of, uh, you know, fucking downtime or anything like that. I, I do want to say though that they did give us uh, liberty on Saturdays and Sundays, um, but we weren't really allowed to do anything or go anywhere. So, I mean, I don't know if you would really call consider that or call it uh, liberty. Um, and then, so after you know the last, I say the last couple of days or whatever, um, they get us ready. They have a whole graduation for us. And um, they are handing out all our orders to where our next, you know, step is. Some some guys up to this point kind of knew what their jobs were, and uh, some of us didn't. Now, I didn't know in particular what my job was because I kind of it wasn't exactly an open contract, but it was an open contract to you know certain position jobs, and I don't exactly remember which one they were, but. You know, when I got my orders, boom, I get them. It says 3051, warehouseman, supply. All right, cool, shit, man. Um, and they also gave me my um, uh, plane ticket, which was to North Carolina, because uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina, is where um, my schooling would be for me to learn how to be a 3051 uh, warehouseman, um, also supply company, you know, marine stuff. So... Um, they also called us, uh, box kickers, you know, um, but I'll tell you what, you know, in the military, I know some of you motherfuckers know checking out, it's critical to being cool with the supply guys. Cause God forbid you don't have your shit or something like that. You know, uh, supply can fuck your world up a little bit when you're checking out. So, you know, supply guys are always good friends to have. So if you're ever joining the military or if you're in the military, I highly suggest going and, you know, making friends with the supply guys, especially the ones who uh, check in your gear when it's time to uh, check out. But anyhow, so I'm uh, going to be going to North Carolina. And luckily that uh, my parents lived in California and I'm at Camp Pendleton. Um, being that we were so close, I was fortunate to where I got to have my, uh, mom and my sister came, they came and picked me up and they were able to take me to the airport. So I got to spend a little bit of time with them. I think I had enough time to where we got to grab some lunch before they dropped me off, uh, to the airport where I would, uh, fly out for my schooling. But, um, this is probably a good place in this episode to kind of, um, stop it is, um, when I'm getting ready to leave off to my schooling and, uh, the next episode we'll go ahead and probably pick up from there. And, uh, you guys will start learning about what life was, you know, inside, you know, the fleet and, um, life after boot camp type stuff. All right. Well, I hope you guys are having fun. Um, the show is not exactly over yet. If you guys stay tuned, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, do a little fun game for the episode 10. Um, I thought it would be fun. Uh, I got this book from my wife. It's from uh, Veteran TV. It's uh, Military Slangs. Uh, so stand by. Okay, the game that we're going to play is going to be called What's That Military Slang? All right, so the, the book, like I said, is from Veteran Television. 
also known as uh, Vet TV. It's called Military Slang Dictionary. It has all the military slangs that is used in all the different branches. I know quite a bit of them, but there's a lot of them I've never heard. So let's play the military slang game. All right, so how it works is I'm gonna read the definition and you guys are gonna guess the slang. All right, here we go, let's go. And I think I'm gonna do about 11 of them. Number one, a three-day weekend or 72 hours of liberty. Not enough time for drugs to exit your system. Be prepared for a piss test on return. What is that called? All right, 72. All right, next one, number two. A four-day weekend or 96 hours of liberty. Almost enough time for drugs to exit your system, but be prepared for a piss test on return. Anybody know? A 96. If you guessed that right, you're correct. The next one, a message for all hands. Now, I have no clue what this is, but it says it's a 99. Didn't know that one. All right, a female who is usually a four, but becomes a 10 on deployment. Anybody know what that is? It's a 41004. <laughs> All right, next one. Number of days until you are free could include deployment, basic training, port calls. Really, anytime you feel like you are trapped and in prison and your days are away from killing yourself. And it is insert remaining days and a wake up. All right, next one. The tail end of sentence when you don't really know what you're talking about, but trying to sound like you do or some shit. And that's what it is or some shit. That's the slang. When a Marine is doing any sort of physical exertion that involves reps, this includes pull ups and crunches that max out the PFT. The Marine, after maxing his score, does an extra rep in honor of what badass? One for Chesty. Boom. If you got that, you're doing good. Next one. An individual who can't stroke his penis more than one time before blowing his load. Also, the guy only did one deployment. The slang is one pump chump. <laughs> Oh, man. What the asshole who is supposed to be counting your repetition during PT says when he, she doesn't think your last rep counted and wants to see you suffer because everyone is secretly a sadist. The slang for this one is one, 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 one. You know how it is because you didn't get it right. So you never leave one. <laughs> all right two more all right here we go stubborn 10 pounds of smashed asshole in a five pound sack ca up or a up 10 pound head don't know never heard that one myself all right last and final one c8 up or a up it's 10 up or two down i honestly don't know what those uh 
I've never heard that myself. So, all right, that kind of concludes our game, guys. Hope you guys kind of had some fun with that. I just wanted to throw it in there since this is, uh, you know, a milestone episode. I may start adding in some of these uh, military slangs for some of the guests that I have on my show to kind of make it fun and interesting. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the the episode today enjoyed the game if you guys had a, had the chance to like the show share it out please do it really help grow the community and the show but uh anyways i hope you guys have a great day great week wherever you're at and roof out <laughs>